And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. What's up, Paul? How are you doing? What's going on, man? How you doing, Mike? Great. Thanks for being on. You are uh, you're you're my first vendor partner guest on this yeah. channel. Feels since, so uh, since we started using it. So yeah, um, you know we've done bond, we've done tons of webinars with with different folks. Um, our friend George Bardisi is going to be. You know, we've done webinars with him and and. But I haven't done a live with anybody since I've since I've got this. So you're the first. You know what they say? Yeah, I always remember you're first. <laughs> I got to be somebody's. <laughs> so uh, for everybody watching, and and you know, if you're watching the recording or live, uh, Paul is. Hang on a second. I'm going to go to your LinkedIn profile so I don't mess mess this up because you got to. You oh, I'm vice president of long titles. Of long titles, <laughs> love it. <laughs> VP of Partner Engagement and Cybersecurity at, Com at Compliancy Group. I love that v title, Partner Engagement. So, um, and Compliancy Group. Tell us, tell everybody about Compliancy Group. I'll let you talk. Uh, yeah. So, that. for those of folks that are not familiar, Compliancy Group is a full HIPAA compliance solution. We're compliance tracking, compliance management. Uh, we are like QuickBooks for HIPAA compliance. We're 15 year player in the healthcare space. We are on both sides of the channel, meaning that we have thousands of clients in healthcare and the business associates they work with. And then we also have our MSP partners, resellers, VARs, telephony companies, and you know, software groups. Cool. Cool. Well, appreciate you being here. And the the idea of these chats are are to really just talk about selling. So I, I think this is a great opportunity to talk about selling compliance because I think um, you know, it's, it can be confusing. That's the first thing that, that comes to mind and, and audit, you know, from our standpoint, we're all about taking things, making them not confusing. So what, what are the, you know, talk about that, like how you, you know, it says it right on your website. You guys, when I went to your website, you guys. We simplify compliance. You can confidently focus on your business. That's our mission. Um, yeah. I, that's that's what we do for people is we take in let's take HIPAA for example uh, we take a thousand pages of regulatory act that was written by lawyers to be audited and enforced by other lawyers and we make that into something that you can first I mean get yourself compliant you know digest it in a way and, and we have a methodology for achieving it but then also what we teach the MSP community to do is to use compliance for two purposes the first is to differentiate yourself, look different than the rest of the pack, show people that work in medical and that community, you're like them, you understand their business problem of compliance, you yourself take it seriously. So our seal of compliance is something that MSPs put out there as a way to show, hey, we're the folks you should work with in healthcare. But we also have a direct, you know, uh, financial play with the MSP. You sell our service downstream to your clients. So I, uh, my background is I had an MSP for a very, very long time uh, based here in Memphis. And uh, the first, let's say, decade of that, I couldn't sell. 
It, it's uh, it was a very unsuccessful thing for me because I thought I could out nerd my client, right? So I would go in there and like you know, I, EDR, MBR, Sox, Sim, my tech is bigger than his tech. Wah 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 wah, bunch of Charlie Brown stuff, right? Like I'm Charlie Brown's teacher. When I learned to talk to my customer about the business problem of compliance. And that tech is a symptom of that problem. But at the end of the day, you got this like big issue and it takes a ton of stuff to fix it. And here's a singular solution. When I could do that, then I started successfully selling. And that's what we try to encourage our MSPs to do is talk to the big business issue and sell around that. Yeah. Amen. Um, and, and for the people listening, I would like you guys to jump in and ask questions as well. Say hi. Um, if you're comment, you know, if you're, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, pop, pop in the comments and let us know you're here. Say hi, ask a question. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback, especially important because, you know, Hey, I was not an MSP. So sometimes I'm not going to ask the right, necessarily the right technical question. So if you all have technical questions for Paul, uh, please speak up and, and chime in. So you were just talking about something crazy that's that's coming. CMMC. <laughs> yes, the Cybersecurity right? Maturity Model Certification, uh, and that's that's a U.S. Uh, standard that's been passed. There's been laws passed around this. Uh, right now, it's focused on the Department of Defense, so it's called CMMC. Again, I'll repeat it: it's Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. Um, this is a big sprawling act. It's aimed at the supply chain for DOD. And what has happened is they've taken standards that were created by NIST. I'll take one if uh, anybody out there is on uh, doing a lot of Department of Defense manufacturing. You've probably heard of NIST 800-170. These are 110 IT security controls you're supposed to achieve in order to bid in the DOD. The problem has been that NIST and the, and the regulation around it was self-controlled, meaning you were supposed to do an assessment, fill out this spreadsheet, like send it to your upstream customer, and that was the end of it. Nobody's been audited. Nobody's been fined. There's not a bunch of penalties. What CMMC is, is it's going to become a pay-to-play space, meaning you have to audit it's not when, it's when you start, like it's not if, it's when. You will have to audit. You're gonna have to prove your compliance and there's tiers. So tier one is I wanna be the janitor for the Department of Defense or Homeland Security's building. Tier two is I wanna interact in any way with data whatsoever. And tier three is where almost every manufacturer in the space will live. What I believe is coming, and it's not just me. I, matter of fact, I just uh, talked to a gentleman that just stepped down from the accreditation body of CMMC. What this is, if it's successful in the DOD supply chain, which is a big mess of the small business sector. Think mom and pop shops from the 50s and 60s that are in the middle of the woods in Michigan somewhere, and now they make this widget for a submarine, right? They didn't have advanced cybersecurity. They didn't have all these policies and procedures. If this CMMC thing can successfully be rolled out to them, it can be replicated in nearly every sector in the U.S. economy. There's a there's a methodology here that they're trying to define that's going to say, you know, we can't just let this be the Wild West and we can't have 50 standards. 
So that's what CMMC right now, it's Department of Defense Supply Chain. But if even if you don't sell into that, I strongly encourage everybody in the community to be paying attention to this and watching legislation and rules around it. This is something that's going to come for way more than just DOD. Really? You were saying... Yeah. It's going to be our uh, GDP PR? Or I think I think that the way that it's funny, I just asked this question on the call that I was on earlier. Um, the way I've had it explained to me is the scope of the CMMC project is exclusively this DOD standard, right? Like their mission, it's a board that was put together. They have a specific mission, secure the supply chain. But everybody's sitting around watching from the NSA to regulation, regulatory bodies like Health and Human Services. Everyone sees what's being done here. And it is a standard and a framework that can be applied in tiers. That concept haven't, hasn't really existed like this before. There's been some failed rollouts that you know people have tried to do. What ultimately we can't do as a society, we as the American people, we cannot have 50 different privacy standards. California, New York, Massachusetts, North Dakota, Louisiana is now requiring MSPs to register. Like Think about the dumpster fire that we're going to build if every single state creates their own rules. Eventually, we've got to get this thing under control and agree on some kind of standardization. I think this is an experimental step that direction. Let's do it to the DOD supply chain, which again is kind of a mess right now in terms of security. Once this is done, we learn a valuable lesson for rolling it out into, I don't know, financial, healthcare, those other sectors. Wow. Scary. It's scary that they haven't done it if you think about it. I'm going to be honest. The, the MSP community is one of the places where it's a wonderful channel. There's a lot of great business to be done here. But there's also tremendous risk for the private sector, right? There's no barrier to entry in this industry at all. Anybody can come in tomorrow and say they're an MSP. I think this is an industry that's definitely not in need of maybe federal regulation, but self-regulation, something that standardizes and says, isn't there something we should all be doing at a minimum in order right. to secure the environment? And you think that if they don't self-regulate, you know, that they're opening, opening themselves up for federal regulation? Federal, state, local. I mean, the reality is, I'll, I'll pick on Louisiana, right? They just passed this law. They said, if you sell into the public sector in Louisiana, like into any government agencies, you have to register MSPs, MSSPs. It's a very light touch law. It's it's kind of like, I'm going to show I'm a super nerd here. It's like in the X-Men. First, they just made the mutants register. They didn't do anything to you. They just want to know where you're at, right? There's nothing coming for you later. Don't worry about the giant robots we're building over here. They have nothing to do with this. I think that's kind of what's going on here is first, I mean, they defined the MSP. I thought that was interesting. The, the federal government states, nobody's ever said what we are. Try to find your code in the MSP community. You got guys that are, you know, do their sick codes. And they're like, oh, I'm in computer programming. I'm in whatever. No. MSPs and MSSPs are a specific sector of our economy. And Louisiana just defined that for us. Okay, so I guess to clear it up, you are are you for or against mutant registration? Oh no, definitely against mutant registration. The MSPs, I don't know. I think we got to figure something out. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so let's talk about selling. What are the big what, what's what are the big challenges that you see on a regular basis? You know, working with MSPs when it comes to selling compliance and you know dealing with that kind of stuff. 
a 100% same answer I give every time. There's a language barrier. Um, there's a language barrier between the MSP and the folks that create these laws, right? And then it's worse. It goes, then there's a language barrier between the MSP and their customers. I'll explain what I mean. You say compliance, selling compliance. A huge portion of the community just heard antivirus, firewall, backup disaster recovery, network security, right? Yes, but ultimately that's 30% of like really one third of the security rule. So IT and IT security and just HIPAA we'll pick on is literally one third of one of the three major rules, right? It's all the rest of it that goes into this. So the first problem is we say compliance and MSPs a lot of times just sell the security portion. This means you leave a lot of money on the table, right? If you're not getting paid to do it and it's being done, then somebody is. Almost no small businesses are doing all the right things on their own. But the reality is there's a 94% failure rate under HIPAA audit. So in most cases, if you're not doing it, nobody is. So your mm -hmm. customers at risk, as are you, where if something happens on the IT side or the personnel side, just any form of breach, you're going to be severely punished in failure audit. Now, why they can't sell that, why they can't move that box, it's what I said earlier. We want to out-nerd our client. We think that because we understand in the MSP community why antivirus isn't enough and what EDR and MDR, I'll, I'll pick on one of my favorite tools. This is one of our partners, like Blackpoint, for example. Blackpoint is a, is a utility that does a lot does a whole lot. And it would be almost impossible for me to succinctly, quickly explain to my client what all that is. And in the end, they don't care. They have no idea what I just said to them. It's just, it makes me, if you talk to me about something I don't understand for very long, you make me uncomfortable. Uncomfortable people don't want to buy from you, right? You have to talk to me in a way that I can understand. If you can create a real relatable conversation, I my life is an analogy and a metaphor, right? Put it in terms people can understand. If you can talk to them on a real business level in terms they can understand, you can sell. And I think that, that we are way too busy or like worried in the MSP community about demonstrating how... Um, great our tool set is, how smart we are, how the threats are so real, and look at all this funny tech, not going to get you there. Why do you think that is? I mean, there's, you know, I I have the same challenge with with uh, talking with MSPs, because that, that's what audit does, is audit makes, this takes the sales conversation, makes it simple. The funny thing is, and, and this is just some some inside baseball on what I go through when I'm selling our service is um, if if they're if somebody's in sales like if somebody's a salesperson not a technician they love audit as soon as they see it they see it and, and they don't need any explanation they want it uh, technicians the the because a lot of MSPs are run by the 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 person who runs the MSP is all is the, the person who's actually selling right they're the person who's actually doing the technical work so they're a technically oriented person uh, I have to really sometimes um, work extra hard to try and get them to understand why you want to take the tech out of the conversation. I mean, why do you, why is that? Cause I would love to know. <laughs> I think it's a great question. I'm not going to pretend to have every answer there. I, it, one theory that I've got is that the MSP community has more, um, 
non-entrepreneurs at the top of these companies than a lot of other places, right? There, there are, in manufacturing, it's kind of similar. You'll, you'll run into this a lot where people that do become the ones that own, sell, build, control, and manage, right? In, in many sectors, that's not the case. You don't really work your way up back to the janitor at the Department of Defense. You very seldom work your way up from janitor anymore all the way to be the owner of a company that does some kind of complicated technical thing. But in the MSP community, partially because there's not a barrier to entry, I can be a low-level tech one day, work hard and learn, and then eventually go out and create my business. The problem with that is I'm a technician right? Technician first. When I started coming up in the MSP community, it was all about, you know, you're a real MSP when you're not the one handling the circuits anymore, right? When you can say, I can go out and focus on selling and somebody else is doing all the work, then I'm a real MSP. The problem is, but you're not a real salesman. You, you, you just transitioned yourself as a technical person out of engineer into sales. You maintain that engineering mindset, People don't buy from engineers. And if you and I were going to put together a business today, right? You and I are going to partner up. We're going to go sell new widgets. Tell me, are we going to hire people with engineering backgrounds to sell? Or are we going to hire salespeople? Even if the salespeople don't know what the hell the widget does, I'm hiring a salesperson. And that right. I think that's a huge piece of it. Yeah, that's that's, that's a great. It's great advice. And um or a great analysis. I hope folks listening don't think we're picking on you guys. But if you are listening, I know we got some people listening and watching. So I would love to hear from you guys. Why do you agree with us? Like Number one, do you agree with us? Number two, because we, we, we want to understand uh, better that kind of mindset. I want to understand that better, that better that kind of mindset because I, I need to help our partners to get past that. I think it's really important to, to move past that um, that that mindset. Uh, and, and I've also heard, you know, our, our founder, the founder of our company often talks about this, that because um, he's an MSP and he's very technical. He happens to be really good at selling. And I think he had to work to get there. You know, it wasn't his natural wheelhouse. Uh, the first phase of working to get there was him admitting that he was being too technical and that he needed to step away from that. So his understanding of why was important for him. And, and one of the things that he bring, brings up a lot is that MSPs like to like to really teach, you know, they, they like to help people understand this stuff. So, but I, I think that also can get in the way as well. Yeah. I think the, the natural, the natural um, desire of people that understand very complicated things like this, you know, like IT security, help desk, all this, a lot of times, it, it, a lot of times our natural inclination is to want to share that knowledge with the client. And I see it exactly. Somebody just said this, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you don't know how to sell it. No, no. The problem is the client doesn't want to know how to do it themselves. You know how to sell it if you can stop trying to turn the client into an IT security expert. That's kind of like the concept of compliancy group. I'll, I'll back out of this, you know, a, a Michael Gerber book. Somebody else just said that. I love it. They, and exactly. The client doesn't want to know how. They just want it done. That's the whole thing. I don't want you to explain to me what your technology does. If I could understand that, I would do it myself. I want you to tell me, the way I used to explain it to people, 
you really want me to build you a house is what you're asking for, right? You have all these elements out there that are beyond your control and, and you can't, you can't understand completely, but if they don't get addressed, you're at extreme risk from them, right? Just like wind and rain and other things. Well, compliance is one of them. Hackers in North Korea or another insider threats or a third, right? Like all these things, they add up to be, you really don't want to figure out how it's done. You want me to build you a box. You can go inside and nothing bad will happen to you. It's called a house, right? You right. don't ask the builder when he's building your house, what the boards and nails are going to like, how many boards, how many nails, what saw are you going to use to cut this angle? You want a complete and total solution in the end. When you, as the MSP, can start to deliver that to people, explain, look, I'm building your house. It's going to take all the things that you're worried about away that's going to be a singular thing where you can go somewhere, nothing bad's going to happen. Then you're going to get paid. I love it. And we got another comment um, from, um, comes from a sales background. I, like I don't know what the name is. KAA. <laughs> I come from a sales background now working for an MSP and it drives me insane. Um, yeah. I, I have all those conversations all the time with, with sales professionals who work for MSPs and uh, I, I hear that a lot. Um, yeah, this See, is I'm in the opposite direction. I'm an MSP that ended up working for an organization now, Compliancy Group, that's a complete professional sales organization. You know, I got a whole awakening experience walking into a place that truly, you know, knows how to do this, like really has built around professional salespeople. Hi, Karen. Your questions are awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for your feedback, Karen. You know, the other thing that I notice is that, um, Salespeople have no problem stepping up and, and um, making comments and joining in the conversation. Our MSP folks can be shy, like technical MSPs can be very shy. Don't want to. Well, I think Cliff here just it, it said something that I think is a it is a real issue. You know what you you know what you're doing. It's kind of like um, I used to use the word like too much in conversations, and you like hear yourself like say it, and you right. go nearly. Okay, but you can't stop doing it. I, I think that any one piece of advice I would give you is you need to view it from a conversational perspective first. It's not that you're not just going to like go down into a, a deep technical hole here. You're going to eliminate a huge portion of that conversation in the beginning. We're not headed down the path of, you know, speeds and feeds and what's the widgets do. We are here to talk about your business your problems and how I'm going to fix them. That's it. Right. And Karen says again, because we're not introverts. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you know, it, it's, um, it and here's the cool, here's the interesting thing. It's, it's funny to me because um, folks who are really good at selling, who are not introverts um, and, I, and you are like that, you're not, you don't seem like an introvert. I'm not an introvert, but a lot of goods, people who are really good at selling are good listeners. Which is the funny thing, because I think sometimes the MSPs are afraid, you know, they, they're, they're a little more introverted, but they do more of the talking than they should. And I think that's what it comes down to, you know, that uh, beat that up a lot is that listen, listen, you know, ask good questions and then shush and listen to what the what the answers are, because the, the prospect, you know, if you keep probing them for their their question, you know, what's what's bugging them, what's what's going on in their business, what the problems are, they'll tell you everything. You know, if you hit the right question, they'll tell you everything. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I think that um, 
the the question-based selling where you know you've asked the questions they've fed it back to you in a way that they've built their own problem uh one of the more successful people i know says that his goal walking like his goal in any sales presentation is when he gets done speaking they don't have any questions at all the natural msp selling technique is inevitably the opposite of that if you come in and talk to me about all this crazy stuff I don't understand. I have to ask questions. I'm like, wait a minute. All right, so that thing you were talking about in the beginning, like with the 24-7, what if I'm not open 24-7? See, this isn't a question you want to answer, right? You, you don't want to have to go down that path. You need to have laid out such a clean solution, such a comprehensive thing that they don't really have any more questions. You explain what their problem is. You ask them. They laid it out for you. You repeated it back to them. This is my solution. Are we good? That's a different thing than now, you know, hey, I, I need to understand a little bit more about that thing where the 24-7 people are going to be watching my computers. What does that look like? It's a bad question. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. T. Robin Cole, how are you, sir? Yes, we. When, when you talk about how you're going to fix them, how do you stay above the weeds? So I am... Um, <laughs> Brian just kind of answered it. Clients listen when you let them know how it's going to impact their business. Um, I, I, you know, again, my MSP, by the time, you know, I vacated and came over to this side of the fence, um, I, we basically are exclusively healthcare and department of defense manufacturing. Hence my, you know, interest in the CMMC thing. Right. So right. I talked the business need of compliance. That is the focus of the conversation when I begin it. That's one of the kind of, if you will, like the linchpin that holds the whole thing together is you have this, this business problem, whatever vertical you're in, whether it's healthcare, I think it's a great one, it, manufacturing, financial, but let's move out of regulation and say you're in, God forbid, if you are right now, hospitality or retail, you know, everybody has their own problem set. When you can simply go in and, and by listening at first and kind of spit it back to them and let them tell you what their business problems are and then focus on delivering around that. Sorry to explain what I mean in healthcare, right? They don't know that a hacker is going to get into their system if they don't update Adobe. That's not the thing. They do know that they don't want any of this ransomware, malware kind of stuff. And then like they read this thing where they just issued five HIPAA fines the other day. They don't want none of that either, right? Their problem is fear and confusion. So talk to fear and confusion. Look, I'm not a compliance expert either. I use a third party for this. They validate what I do. They validate what you do. They make sure we're protected and safe. Okay. I understand that. Hey, I'm not an engineer. I'm a sales guy. I'm not going to pretend I can actually explain to you how every single utility that I'm about to install here is going to work for you. That's not my role. What we have are engineered solutions built for your industry deployed across dozens and countless customers just like you and it solves the complete solution by and do high level concepts right i don't talk about edr mdr endpoint protection that's as deep as you go we're going to protect absolutely every endpoint including use data we're going to protect that everywhere the data comes and goes we're going to take that encrypt it make sure that it's secured and filtered right little high level things. If you do that and acknowledge on the front end, you're not telling them a bunch of this stuff, they will thank you for it. I literally would say, and you don't want me to explain how this goes anyway, right? Most customers, the answer is hell no, man. Don't please stop. Stop. 
Gotcha. Now, I mean, and, and I know you've, you've, you've talked about this already, but I want to bring it up again and may, and dig into this a little bit more because I think it's important. You know, a lot of audit is when you're, when you're in the audit system, we're limiting you to four, you know, one to four categories, four categories, maximum. We're talking about infrastructure, security, managed support and services. And then fourth one is usually VoIP or they can change it to different things. If they, they can change any of those different things. Now, Within a category, you're limiting, we're limiting you to nine items. So now you can do, you know, a typical 27 point audit. So we're really paring it down. Now with compliancy, HIPAA can can be a fire hose worth of stuff. So how do you guys specifically, because you're in a in, you're in a you're in a thing that has so much, so many points or so many, so much data to it, how do you how do you um, get people, get your users, your clients focused on simplicity, keeping it simple, specifically? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, first of all, you, you need to, you need to simplify the concept itself, right? So the, what the, what the client believes going in any conversation about security and compliance is that in order for these problems to be resolved to Karen's point, you're going to have to talk until their eyes glaze over. Like they think that you're there to educate them. And this is going to be this miserable thing. And it's the same thing with us. The way we work, we assign you this HIPAA coach. Who's going to take you through this process to be compliant. You think I just told you, you that I'm going to give you a teacher and they're going to teach you the thousand pages of HIPAA. That's not the case at all. This isn't, it's not effective. It's not a good use of your time and you're not going to do it. You're going to stop during the process. So you got to break it down to what's really required from a technical perspective. I'll stay in the MSPs world for a minute. What's required under the law is not antivirus or even uh, let's say like a firewall, you're not gonna find the law calling out that. What you have is access control, endpoint protection, monitoring, logging and auditing, that's kind of all one thing, encryption, backup disaster recovery, and the last one is secured communications, right? Now think about what you just said, you've got nine basic builds, right? That's all you're building against, that's it. It's really six things that you have to do from a technical perspective. Now let's grab one monitoring, logging, and auditing. That can be a lot. It can mean a lot of things for a lot of different people, right? So this is where, again, back to staying high level, as long as you can show that you're addressing these points of compliance and clearly explain what that means, right? I can say it means we know who did what, when. I understand that. Access control, who can get to what and how. I get that. Endpoint protection, everything you work on, we keep it from getting hacked. I got that. You see what I'm doing there? Like if you can break it down into just simple terms like that and show them that the law is not designed. I mean, it's, it's a law, right? So again, I'll say it, it's written by lawyers and ultimately is interpreted and, and audited by lawyers, but it's not, they didn't do this to like punish you for going into medicine or punish you for going into manufacture. And it's not supposed to be so mystical that you can't achieve it. The goal of the HIPAA law is that everyone achieve compliance. The problem is it's been over mystified and, and it's people don't have an easy way to relate to it. So everybody's in a position where they fail. It's just making it relatable. Awesome. 
This is great stuff, Paul. Thank you for uh, coming on and sharing all this. Uh, give people a chance to ask any follow-up questions. I'm going to ask you one final question. Well, two final questions. Um, first of all, because we're talking sales, and and you gave a ton of information. But let's let's. I, I, I let I love actionable stuff. So I want you to. I'm going to put you on the spot and give your give an, a, a a quick tip on prospecting, getting appointments, selling, closing, whatever you whatever you want to talk about. Um, doesn't have to be specific to anything, just, just a nice actionable tip, something you see working in, um, for MSPs these days. I think that the MSP of tomorrow is is actually not a managed service provider. It's a business solution provider. I think if you look at the chat, you look at the questions, Cliff's questions, Karen's, Brian's, you look at these folks, you are you have to convert yourself to talk to the client about their business, the problems that they have facing it, let them tell you what those are and and just kind of modify, understand how your tools are going to be used to address it. You don't have to explain to them what it does. You don't have to explain to them how the tools work. You need to listen to them, tell you their business problem and address that in the conversation. If you can stay addressed on how what you're gonna do is gonna impact my bottom line, my business and my overall success, I'm gonna wanna pay you for that. Don't make me uncomfortable. I don't wanna buy when you beat me into a corner with acronyms I don't understand. Awesome, good stuff. So I'm gonna give you the final word in, in a moment, but um, before we do, uh, we've got a couple more lives coming up. This week, I'm gonna have George Bardisi, our good friend, George who I think you're, you're going to be going on tour with George coming up soon. But George is going to be with me 12 to 12.30 on Wednesday, this Wednesday. We have another, we got a busy week of lives. We've got Justin Reinmuth, um, who is going to, who is an expert on um, E&O insurance, liability insurance, cyber liability. He's going to be talking about some really cool stuff on Thursday at 2. And then, of course, we have myself and Frank Benedetto will be live on our regular Friday spot. So, uh, Paul, thanks for spending the time with us. I wanted to give you, um, oh, we got a couple more comments. Let me put these up here before I give you the last word here. What you're saying about reversing things, what happens when someone starts explaining something to me in great detail that I either don't understand or don't care, they lose me. Absolutely. Cliff, thank you. And he needs to remember, Cliff making a comment on, something that you that you said there in the, just a moment ago um and people buy from the heart not the brain absolutely that, you got to trigger emotion man people like scientifically proven that people will not if they if you don't engage the emotional center of the brain people we tend to think that it's all coming from the logic center but it's the emotional part of the brain that makes the buying decision so uh with that said paul i'm going to give you the last word and let, and let you Tell, tell folks where they can find you, what, what they should do next, how they should check out Compliancy Group. Well, again, I am Paul Redding with Compliancy Group. Thanks so much, Mike, for having me today. My email is super easy. We're not creative over there. Not on the emails. It's paul at compliancygroup.com. That's the easiest way to get me, guys. Paul at compliancygroup.com. If you're vertically focused in the healthcare market already, or if you're looking for a way to break into a market that's largely recession proof and, you know, going to be out there and growing in the coming years, give us a shout. I'd love to show you how we can simplify both yours and your client's compliance and get you back to making some money. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thanks for coming, Paul. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one.
Haley, guys. Thanks so much.